You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar and Judd Zolgad is your Purple Daily combination on this beautiful Thursday outside. So a great day to not be anywhere near the outdoors and be listening to your radio. Um, you could be outside right now. No. Sitting no. out on the beach, maybe. You know what I'm tired of with this uh, winter? And it's been warmer than no, usual, what? so it's been not too bad. Yeah. But it's just been gray. It's been gray all the time. Like, oh, you want more snow? I, I was going to say, it's not. it has not been that cold. Oh, I want more sun. Uh, no, 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 you don't. Actually, yes, no, nope, nope, you are 100% wrong, and here's why. I'll tell you why. More sun means more cold. Gray clouds hold the warmth in. We do not want more sun. We do not want more snow. This winter is going swimmingly well for Judd Zolgad. I understand how it works with the clear skies and the cold. I don't mind a few degrees off if I get a little sun. Manny, I disagree with him. I'll take this. this has I been disagree. Great. This has been great. This has been fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've loved this winter. Just because of the the, the lack and of you know snow, what I'm sick of. For me. I'm sick of. I want more snow so I can go ski. Oh, I don't know. Ca- I, 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 I don't. I don't care about. about that I don't either. care about you and your want for snow. Okay, you get enough snow. People get tons of snow sometimes. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. This has been the perfect winter. And it you is, know we're, uh, we're you know we're destined to get a huge dumping of snow at some point, probably within the next few weeks, just because it's this is where uh, we but, are. But but the key to that one is you push it off. The farther it goes off, the closer we get to spring, huge yeah. dumping of snow melts. Yeah, this all works like la- Like that happened last year. Correct. It happened in April, Yeah, which was a pain in the ass, but it was a pain in the ass for, what, a week and a half. And I, I, I missed it because I was in a boat. Just uh, a boat Yeah, you can shut your mic off right so, now. So man. I, I, Thanks I, very I much. That Thanks for participating in this conversation. <laughs> gray day after gray day. I think it just gets you down. I think I just want some sun. I don't want more right, snow. Okay. I'm okay with a few degrees off. If we're if we're making a trade here, I'll take five to ten degrees off because I don't really mind when it's cold outside, except for when I'm walking the dog. But this, <laughs> I feel like if you're in the sun, it feels warmer anyway, and then it's just nicer out. Fair enough. All right, whatever, Judd. Uh, I just disagree with you, but that's fine. Let's so move on. there's uh, some things we got to get to here on Purple Daily Show. An article I wrote about Holton Hill and his spot in the Vikings secondary. Also, we have championship games to discuss, and uh, there's also a, a matter we need to address with onside kicks. So we'll get to all that. But just coming across my Twitter right now from Rich Samini of ESPN, mm-hmm. he transcribed some comments from Adam Gase on. The Levitard Show, so maybe you heard this before we came on here. 
Uh, Adam Gase joined the Levitard show and said, I don't have Twitter or Instagram. I don't read the internet. I don't watch TV. All that stuff is irrelevant to me. It's pollution of the brain. I don't really care. That's not how I operate. I'm here to do one thing, and that's help this organization win. That was Adam Gase, who's the new coach of the Jets. And if anybody has the internet at all or TV, they saw his wackadoodle press conference where it looked like there was a fly buzzing around his head and he yes. was following it for the entire time. Or maybe he had ingested some bad fish right before or something. It was very, very bizarre. And he had some weird quotes that came out of there. And now the guy is saying watching TV or reading the internet is pollution of the brain. This guy's going to have to handle the New York media. I think if you're the Jets, you just say... Let's just tear up that contract. Like this uh, this is already not working after like five days, and this has the potential to be a complete disaster. Added with Greg Williams was hired as their defensive coordinator. Judd, I think that the New York Jets should fire Adam Gase right now and just move along. Did you say disaster or, or some of the most fun that we are going to have <laughs> watching this league in 2019? The Williams-Gase combination alone is fantastic. What I don't get is... From the Jets' perspective, why Gase? Okay, he beat I have no you. Idea. I think I honestly think, from what I read, a big reason why they hired this guy, and this is going to sound absolutely nuts, but is because he had success against them as the Dolphins' coach. But when you watch this guy operate, but didn't everyone have success well, against the Jets over the last three years? Well, and and who cares too? Yeah, but. When I saw that guy's eyes in that press conference, it's one of the oddest, most strange things I have ever seen. Like, I came away yeah, saying there's nobody, weird. nobody's eyes look, look like that. But this guy sounds like if anybody was ever made to uh, stop at, at an OC, it's gays, right? It's clear he should not be a head coach. But once again, it's the most, most Jets thing of all time. Because the Jets are going to... There's about two or three teams that you can consistently count on to uh, screw up and make baffling decisions, and the Jets are in that list. Yeah, that's right. And I think that this is desperation of a guy in Adam Gase who spent a couple years with Peyton Manning or a year with Peyton Manning as Peyton Manning's quarterback coach. And that was real tough. And now Peyton Manning is telling people that Adam Gase is really great to work with, and they are desperate to have Sam Darnold work out. They need that. They traded up for him. They gave up the franchise and draft picks to trade up for him, and now they need him to be a boom. But when you put this guy in charge who can't even handle his first two weeks without making an ass of himself, it's really hard to see this working out. Uh, But, I mean, from our purposes, Judd, it's very much like Matt Patricia in Detroit, where we get to just make fun of how bad it goes. Although I did think that the Lions made a good move in hiring Daryl Bevel. Don't you? The the happiest guy, though, in in the New York market right now, without a question in my mind, it's a slam dunk. Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. That's right. Because he's quiet. He's not comfortable at the podium, but he's not a a lunatic-type moron, and Gaze is. If I am Shermer, I am ecstatic. Yes, I think Bev is going to be good there. But I'm sorry, there is nothing that Matt Patricia showed me during the course of his first year in charge in Detroit that says head coach. Nothing. So I think Bevel will be good. I think that's a good hire. But I, but if to, to your point about Gase, if I'm Detroit, I would have looked at one year Patricia and said, you know what? Mistake made. Mistake made. Mistake rectified. You're fired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just you just screwed up. Change it. Just change it right now before it goes really super bad. Exactly. Um, 
Are you afraid of the Lions at all if you're Vikings fans, or are they not even in your mind? Not even, as long as Patricia's there. Yeah, I agree. Off the radar for me completely. Um, Chicago, still, you know, definitely with an offensive coach and a good defense scares you. Green Bay, I think, is going to pop back up at some point in time. It might not be next year, but it's going to be eventually here. As long as this club stays with Patricia, Detroit doesn't even enter my my thinking process, basically. And I've decided that Matt Stafford, at one point I would have told you that I really liked Matt Stafford because he's kind of a gunslinger and he's got a big arm and he's kind of fun to watch. He'll roll out and, and throw the ball downfield sometimes. And it was fun when Megatron was there and he would just throw it up to him 14 times a game. I have come around on Matt Stafford just isn't that good. And as more good quarterbacks enter the league and develop as good quarterbacks, mm-hmm. his ranking drops down. When I looked back at where we ranked Matt Stafford going into this year, I had him at 10th, and now he's not He's not there because Mahomes has jumped over where is him. Where now? Deshaun Watson has jumped over Between him. 12 and 15, I've, something like that? I've probably got him much closer to 15 or even 17 than, than I would have him closer to the top 10 because... He's very much like Kirk Cousins, and you've got a a big, giant sample of you not ever winning anything. And eventually that comes back around on who the quarterback is. You can only blame the organization so many times, or whoever their coach is, or whatever the other excuses are. Yep, They fixed the offensive line. Last year they had lots of weapons. Okay, they had a bad defense, but that's always the excuse. There's always some reason why Matt Stafford can't get his team in the playoffs or can't win a playoff game. Mm Mm-hmm. He's got good statistics, very much like Kirk Cousins. So I end up, A, not being ever afraid that he's going to win the division because he has some sort of fantastic year. And I can always count on when he plays the Vikings. He has had some good moments, but he's also had the, he's going to get sacked 10 times or he's going to throw a pick at the end of the game. Yeah, I'm just never, there's a meltdown I'm never him. super concerned about Matt Stafford. I have never been more convinced than I am today about the importance of coaching especially QBs. Here's why. I think we're now to a point where there's about three to five completely sufficient QBs who you throw them on the field and say, whoever your coach is your coach, go do it. And they can. And after that, I think we have we are entering a definite era of it being absolutely paramount that you have the right person who knows what they're doing to coach you. Mm-hmm. If Cousins has the right coach, he can be pretty good, better. I'm not saying he's great, but he can be better. I think Jared Goff is that that guy. I think Jared Goff, I think if you if you take McVay and send him to Russia tomorrow, extradite him, <laughs> and he never comes back, and you give Jared Goff your, your run-of-the-mill coach, I think he's still okay, but I think he's okay. Not really, really good. I think we are going down a path here with, with quarterbacks in particular, and especially young ones, where... If we consider them to be great or good or worse than that, it comes down to who is who's your coach, who's telling you what to do, and who can prop your play up. I really do. I'm glad that you brought this up because the Minnesota Vikings hired Gary Kubiak early in the week as an assistant coach and offensive advisor. And so I was looking at Kubiak's history with quarterbacks, and it's very, very good. Brian Greasy shows up and has a Pro Bowl caliber season. Jake Plummer shows up after he was basically a bust in Phoenix, Arizona. Was it Phoenix then? Arizona, yeah. Arizona. I think it was Phoenix at the um, time. 
Correct. So Jake Plummer's a bust, and then he goes to Denver and has a couple very good years, and that's under Gary Kubiak. And when he had great quarterbacks, they won the Super Bowl. He wins the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. He wins the Super Bowl with John Elway. And Joe Flacco had his best career year, or arguably his best career year, with Gary Kubiak as his offensive coordinator. But I was looking at 2016, Judd, in Washington for Kirk Cousins, and it is a really terrific year for Cousins. Out of the four that he's been a starting quarterback, it's easily his best, and not just by the statistics. He always puts up statistics, but even by the pro football focus numbers, the accuracy, the grades, all those things. In 2016, it's his runaway best season. That also correlated with Sean McVay putting up that season with Kirk Cousins and then going to Los Angeles and making Jared Goff into a rich man's Kirk Cousins Mm -hmm. is the way that that I look at him with a lot of playmakers and a lot of talent there, but also Sean McVay's scheme. And when we set that as the ceiling for this is how good Kirk Cousins can be when everything goes his way, when he's got five or six good options to throw to, two great receivers, two great tight ends, an offensive line that was healthy and has Trent Williams as its left tackle that year, had everything on that offense, and Sean McVay. And that's what and that's what he can do. And they went eight, seven, and one, by the way, right. that year. Right. But but if you get this they had one of the worst defenses in the league. If you get that type of performance out of Cousins, the Minnesota Vikings are eleven and five or twelve and four next year. The question for me though is how do you close that gap? Is Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski and this group going to be able to close the gap? Because I think that Cousins has to be that good in order for this team to be a legitimate contender because he still has those shortcomings that he has. And I think the answer to your question is we don't know for sure, but this group is going to give him a chance. The group last year did not. This is about removing basically what I think you have to do for Kirk is you have to create an inner circle of trust. And that circle is going to include the Kubiaks, Gary and Clint, Stefanski. It's going to be a small group, though. And it's not going to include the head coach. If you, the Vikings' problem was. They sat down and took Cousins' Washington film, right? And they looked at every single snap. And arm talent-wise, skill-wise, it's there. It's there. But to your point about the year with, with McVay, the question becomes not what do you see on film, it's when can he be at his best. Because if you're at your best in and, and you are uh, furiously rallying in the fourth quarter, it doesn't mean as much as if, you, if you're at your best in the second quarter of a game. So I think what this does... We don't know for sure that it works, but it gives you a much better chance of taking a really well-compensated quarterback with physical talent. I would argue the mental talent might be a little bit questionable, but at least it puts him in a position to say, can he pay that off? So I've, for this reason exactly, everything you laid out there, I have come around on the Gary Kubiak idea is in, in the way that the, your first reaction, and it was for us too, when they bring Gary Kubiak in, is... Uh, it's going to be too many voices because we've seen this before, but I've changed my mind on that. And I, I think that you need to do everything possible for Kirk Cousins, that this is now all about Kirk Cousins. It's yes. all about making every single pass designed, set up, ideally for Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. It's about squeezing every ounce of blood out of the stone that is Kirk Cousins. It's about covering up every Which weakness. you have to it's do. About, right. You have I mean, to. It should always be that way with every quarterback. But 
in a lot of ways, when you have a defensive head coach, yep. it doesn't necessarily be that the entire focus of the organization. And I think now it has to be, especially when you watch the great quarterbacks and the great offenses representing the AFC and the NFC in the championship games. And it has been that way with the teams that make the Super Bowl for a very long time, but it is especially pushed up now that closing that gap between them being the 20th best offense and somewhere good enough to compete is number one for this team in the offseason, and this was the first step. And then when I looked back at the performances of quarterbacks who were not perfect, it's not John Elway, but even John Elway takes another step forward late in his career when they switch to a West Coast offense, and his numbers get a lot better. And even Joe Flacco, who's been around for a long time, has one of his best years, and they end up in the AFC Championship. The Kubiak offense has worked for a very, very long time for a lot of quarterbacks who were not perfect, including Matt Schaub was number one in the league in passing one year. And I tell you, and I'll tell you why there's a, a uh, significant mark difference between the Norv years and this. There is a chef eliminated from the kitchen this time. Guess who's not going to be allowed to walk through the door in his apron? <laughs> Guess who's not getting the in owner. that door? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, Zim. you know what I mean. I don't Mike mean Zim. Ziggy. I mean Mike Zim. Mike Zim. The problem with Zim was he had the right idea year one. I'm going to go get a longtime head coach, an offensive guy, and I'm going to trust in that guy. And then in typical Zim fashion, with zero patience, he saw that guy not do exactly what he thought should be done. And so he went to the Mount Rushmore, of, in his mind, of offensive coaching, Hugh Jackson. And he was like, yeah, Norv's not doing this. Norv's not doing that. You should do this. And so what did Zim do? He got involved. All right, 2019, if this doesn't work, everybody's probably done. So Rick... My guess is Spielman is going to tell Mike, you're not going in that kitchen. Don't care. Don't care what you think. Don't care. The only thing that you're going to do is focus on one thing, defense, right? So now we don't have that problem. I can almost guarantee you the only way that we hear Zimmer question the offense this coming season is if everyone's about to be fired. He will not question it. He will not be involved. He will be, this is, they, they are they are making assistant coaching staff, uh, staff changes on the offensive side of the ball left and right right now based on what? Kubiak. It's his offense. And Mike Zimmer it has, Mike Zimmer has a pass to one kitchen for 2019, Matthew Collar, and that's the defensive kitchen. Yeah, that's right. And that's what I mean is in that uh, sort of, if it's a restaurant owner and we're using the kitchen, yep. a, a lot of times... If you ever watch, what's that show? Phil could be Top sitting chef? here. He can help us here. Uh, Top where chef they save you? restaurants. What's it called? Oh, Restaurant Rescue. Bar Rescue. Bar, bar, rescue, rescue. Yeah. bar rescue. Okay, I've caught maybe three times that they rescued a bar on television. The wife loves it. And usually people know how to do their jobs that are the chef or the, the waiter, waiters, waitresses, whatever. And it's the owner who's a lunatic and wants to be a control freak yes. and doesn't let them do their jobs. Yes. And there were probably times last year where Zimmer was a little bit that way or or, or just not even understanding really how to do it. Like how, how what he needs to do I think that's to right. have a successful I think offense. That's exactly right. I mean, he's right about play action, but if his answer is just, why haven't we run on second down more? It's like that. No, but he no, just no, complained. No, 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 Mike. But he just complained, too. Yeah, that's true. He didn't true. fix it. Yeah, that's true. And, and so now I think the the answer to this problem is, all right, Mike, we, we've got a guy who, who can fix this. Guess what? You're not involved. All right, well, let's take a break. Uh, I want, when we come back, to talk about making onside kicks great again, if we can. Oh, I got some ideas for that. Okay, one. and and also I wrote about Holton Hill and what he could mean to the Minnesota Vikings secondary. We'll talk about that next. Purple Daily, Matthew Collar and Judd Zolgad. 
you can tell everyone that we met online. Scorenorth.com. All right, back here on Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500. Scorenorth.com is our website. You can stream. There is an application. There is a Facebook page. There is an Instagram. There is a YouTube. There is a Twitter. And if you come to my house and stand outside, I'll open the window and yell Score North content at you. That's very nice. Yeah, it's a very... I won't do um, that. That's a that's a new do thing that we're one. doing. Uh, not me. No, no not uh-uh. you. Okay. SLP. I ain't doing that for you. Okay. Um, yeah, just keep on driving right by, folks. So there's a top 50 free agent list that I want to get to that is written by our buddy Kevin Seaford. Um, but first, Judd, these games in the championship games often come down to uh, the final moments, the final drives. It's what makes them exciting. Remember Jim Harbaugh throwing the Hail Mary oh, yeah. against the Steelers, and it's almost caught, but it isn't caught, and the Colts don't go to the Super Bowl. There is an onside kick by the Green Bay Packers that was botched, or by the Seattle Seahawks that was botched by the Green yeah, Bay Packers. Brandon Bostic. Okay. Yes. Is that in the championship game? Uh, against Seattle, yeah. Okay. So well, I've got that right. Yep. I thought it was in the championship yep. game. Mm-hmm. Well, this year... Onside kicks, their success rate dropped by about 20%. They were around 23, and now they're around 5% for how often teams get them. So the Brandon Bostic recovery basically won't happen. If the game is really close and a team scores to make it one score game, but they have no timeouts, you can turn the TV off. Come to my house and I'll yell analysis out the window at you because you'll have nothing else to watch for that game. No longer because of these new rules can anyone ever seem to recover an onside kick without extreme luck? Or I believe one of the only ones that happened was Odell Beckham saying, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Odell Beckham, I saw it. Yeah, oh, yeah, Odell no, Beckham no, was like, did. no, I'm not going after no, that. No, no, no. I saw that. He, he did. And so someone has to completely tank it, which won't happen in a championship dur- game. During this year... It was 4 of 54 attempts, by the way. 4 of 54. Yeah, 8% success rate. I want the onside kick back in my life. Last year, they changed the catch rules during the playoffs and didn't tell anyone. Changed the onside kick rules for this weekend. Back to the old ones. So there's a chance, if it's exciting at the end of the game, that someone can recover an onside kick. I want, Judd, as much player safety as we possibly can have. But I also want the team who's trying to come back to have a chance to come back from down two scores without the timeout at the end to make for a dramatic play because right now it is not even close. I want one of two things. Number one, either do what you just said, onside kick, overload sides, I don't care. And you know what? Player safety is great, but these are multi-million dollar for the most part paid players playing adult players, playing a game they choose to play in which you want them to have a chance to come back. So if you're going to protect them on a regular basis that's fine that's great but in this case either do what you just said which is go back to to the old rules and yes guys might get hurt and honestly for the sake of the game itself i prefer that or get rid of the kickoff and onside kick and let's end this charade completely the kickoff itself is a waste of our time as media as fans as players this is a waste of time kicking off the ball now you are if you bring the ball out now, for the most part, my question is why? It's at the 25. 
So either let's put the ball at the 25 and eliminate kickoffs and onside kicks, or let's morph the rules, and if you do that, eliminate kickoffs, put the onside kick back in and say, gentlemen, go to it. But quit with this notion that the onside kick as it exists right now actually gives a team, and by the way, again, I'll say it, of adult men who are playing a professional sport, gives them a chance. It does not. It's fraudulent. This is one of the plays that happens so rarely that I didn't need a player safety change. I mean, it's once every how many games for a team? Over 16 weeks, how many times do you onside kick? Three? It's probably you see it quite a bit more in playoffs, but during the course of the season, you don't see it. Only a couple of times a year. It's not something that really needed a change. Now, there are some more creative ideas. I did like in one of the games the kicker tried to kick it right into the up up guy. Like the guy who was closest mm-hmm. tried to kick it right into his jersey and have it bounce off and then hope that you could somehow recover it. That was clever. I think that was on purpose of just like if this guy sort of, you know, assumes I'm going to kick it and starts turning around to run backward, then the ball's going to hit him and then we can recover it. Yep. That's a clever idea. When I asked Mike Prefer, now Cleveland Browns special teams coach, uh, about this, he said that they were trying to study where the ball was kicked to have it work. But when only four out of 54 work, there isn't much studying you can do. It's not working, yes. I am starting to come around on the ideas of doing something completely different. Giving a team an option to say you get a fourth and 20. Like, that's your option. You score, and you can either kick, yeah. kick off or go but fourth you know and what, 20. Though? Let's just go back to it. Let's go back to to overload the side. You know, a guy might get hurt. It's football. People are going to get hurt. I understand a regular play. I understand making that safe, okay? So the kickoff itself, just be done with that. It's too bad, but it's just done. But the onside kick, as you just said, we see it how much. And and during the course of a football game, I'm sorry, but it's a full contact sport. People are going to get hurt. That is one situation. This sounds harsh, but that is one predicament where if somebody gets hurt, they get hurt. Another reason why I, why I want to keep the onside kick, like I want to go back to what Judd's talking about with the onside kick, but I don't want to get rid of the onside kick completely because remember the Super Bowl with the Saints and the Colts? Remember the, they the did surprise that, the surprise kick. onside the kick, kick to start the second half by Sean Payton? That was brilliant yep. because the Saints had already kept Peyton Manning off the field for a long time at the end of that first half. And then they recover that onside kick to start the second half. And the next thing you know, Peyton Manning, the high-powered offensive Colts, are off the field for like an hour and a half in like real time. Like, that was brilliant. I don't want that to be taken out of the game. You wouldn't have to remove the surprise onside kick, I don't think. And when you look at the numbers on the surprise onside kick, they didn't change this year. There was a handful of them. It's always been about a 50-50 move, which makes you wonder if any team would ever decide... 50-50, 50-50, this might be worth it. That's what I do on Super Tecmo Bowl. On Super Tecmo Bowl, I onside kick every single time because I know my, I trust my defense, Judd. That's, um, that's good. That's great. But, but the, you're right about wanting to keep it as a play for a surprise move because when someone does it, it's awesome. I just think that the door is open now to have a, a conversation about more creative ideas. Mm-hmm. If we're going to have kickoffs not matter because they go out of the back of the end zone two out of every three times and it's become the most boring play in all of sports, catchers visiting pitchers at the mound is more exciting than kickoffs these days. So is there something better we can do? And especially at the end, I, I was just envisioning this, Judd. A team scores... To come within seven, 
with 30 seconds left in the game. And the option is you can kick long or you get a 4th and 20. The drama on that 4th and 20 play would be awesome. It would be much better even than an onside kick. The onside kick was always kind of, eh, maybe you get it and you probably don't. But a 4th and 20 play, then you're talking about maybe somebody runs around in the pocket and makes an Eli Manning throw or whatever it might be. Anything to restore excitement in that situation to me. Would be fantastic. I mean, this is the this le- is just boring now. It's just stupid. This is the league that moved the extra points back because it was getting too boring. And initially, I hated it, and I still kind of do hate it a little bit because the, then the kicker has more control than I want him to have over how many points you score. But it certainly has created some intriguing situations, even in the championship I, game between the uh, Broncos and the Patriots, the one year when they missed the extra point. <laughs> What frustrates me about this entire conversation is this league runs around petrified of being sued about concussions. And I understand trying to make the sport safer. But there are certain situations in which you say to yourself, it's worth it. And there's not a lot of them, but there are. The onside kick is one. Like, if you want to if you wanna say we're trying to protect our players as much as possible, but the, the reality of this conversation is at the end of it, you can only protect these guys so much. And there's going to be certain plays that are going to be dangerous forever. And and to ha- have it now so that there's this fraudulent nature of, well, it's an onside kick, but it's really not. So go to what you're saying. Go back to the old onside kick. Just do something. This league overcorrects things all of the time. And sometimes you say, you know what? That's just stupid. This is stupid. And, as per, and as with currently the onside presented. kick, yeah, yes, that this went, is just I think dumb. that went a little too far. This it went is a little silly. too far. The, if you if you deem the kickoff, the deep kickoff, to be too dangerous, to let's just say it's done, ball at the twenty five, you're starting there. Okay, I wanted to. I mean, I, I could talk about this forever because I love onside kicks and I hope they bring them back. But I also want to bring this up with you, Judd. I, I wrote an article today for our website, scorenorth.com, about Holton Hill and how good he was last year, and how that might change things a little bit for the Vikings. And I, I heard you guys talking yesterday about the whole idea of trading Trey Waynes or Xavier Rhodes and how Mike Zimmer would um, maybe bring a weapon into uh, Rick Spielman's office if that idea was brought up. But I think that there is more validity to it than maybe you think. Because when I was looking at some of the numbers Oh, no, no, last I, night, said, I said... Uh, Rami brought up, uh, I believe it was um, three guys. Oh, Barr, uh, Waynes, and a third guy going. And I said, if you allow three guys to, to okay, go, three guys. Zim shows up. But, but no, we we talked about, realistically, Waynes could be gone. I would also say Xavier Rhodes, too. Okay. Maybe not both at the same time, but one or the other. Yep. Trey Waynes makes a lot of sense because he's set to make $9 million and they could cut him for zero cap hit, and there's also always interest in the trade market in cornerbacks. But Xavier Rhodes is going to be their third highest player. Judd, do you have an idea of where he ranked by pro football focus from any guy who had more than 100 coverage snaps? Last year, there were 131 corners. Where Xavier Rhodes Ranked. He didn't have a great year. He did two years ago. I would say last year he ranked in the 60s. This past year. This year. Yes. 111th. Really? And a major part of that is the penalties. His quarterback rating against, though, last year they made a huge deal out of it. When I say last year, I mean 2017. I'm still not too... Okay. This year's 2018. His good year, then. Yeah. Okay. So his good year where he shut down Antonio Brown yes. and he shut down A.J. Green and all that... 
he had one of the best quarterback ratings against in the entire league. But this year, it was in, in the middle of the league, and then he committed the 10th most penalties of any corner. So he ranked 53rd in quarterback rating against, 111th in grade. Holton Hill did not play that much. I understand that. So it's small sample size. Holton Hill was 11th in the NFL mm-hmm. in rating allowed. Wow. I And, I mean, he was really, really good this year. And if you take... Holton Hill, Mike Hughes, Mackenzie Alexander, and add up their cap hits, it's $4 million. Mm-hmm. If you add up just Waynes and Rhodes, it's $22.5 million. Well, Waynes is off the charts. Well, Waynes is on his fifth-year option, so that, it's $9 that million. Dollars. Yeah, it's $9 million. But Rhodes is going to make thirteen point four on the cap. Okay. To be the 111th. And I'm not I'm, saying he actually is that, because he's very talented, and I think he'll have a better year next sense. year. What you're saying, one of those two should be gone. The the whole thing with Zim is you got to sit Zim down, right? And, and to go back to your restaurant, Kubiak <laughs> is at the front of the, the house, okay? It's Cousins, it's Kubiak. The most attractive, the sexy meal is the offense, right? So what you got to tell Zim is, Zim, you're in the back of the house working defense, and you're not going to have everybody back. Anthony Barr is going to be gone. We're not going, we can't afford to bring him back. Uh, Rhodes or Waynes is gone, but you showed through your ability to help develop guys like Holton Hill that you can develop guys. And so 2019 for you, Zim, defensively, which is going to be your focus, basically, is going to be exactly that. I think if uh, Waynes and Rhodes are both back, it's a mistake. One of those two, for, for salary cap purposes and purposes of taking some of that cash and transferring it from defense to offense, one of those two makes perfect sense not to be back. I also wonder if with Xavier Rhodes, the league even went farther with what they're calling in terms of putting your hands on the wide receiver. And if that takes away his ability to be one of the top shutdown corners in the league because that's what he does. He is tall, and he's got long arms, and he gets very physical with wide receivers. He might not be as fast as he used to be already. I mean, this is just football players. This is how it works. And like he's you hurt get, a lot. You get old and slow fast, yep. and I'm not saying that he's old and slow necessarily yet, but you lose a step quick when you get the injuries that he had last year. So he's using his hands more often, but the league is not letting you use your hands more often. And it might be time to just move on if he's not going to restructure his contract. There are people who left in the comments, you can never have too many corners. Well, I agree with that, but you could certainly get another guy who ranked 111th by Pro Football Focus. Yes. Well, and, and that's true, but the problem here is, are you really going to spend all of your cash, basically, or a ton of your cash on that side of the ball yeah. when it's crystal clear yep. that if you're going to be successful, you've got to transfer it. That's some of it. Yeah, that now you that's a great to. point. It's really it's not that I think that Xavier Rhodes is washed, because I don't. I this was a tough year for him and the injuries were a big deal, but they started in 2017 and they just kept coming for him. And you wonder, is that going to just magically disappear the injuries or is that going to be a persistent thing as we go along but it's really the economics of it if someone can't be elite at their position you shouldn't be paying them 13.4 million dollars and the cap yes the only position that this happens with is quarterback where you can justify it because they're so hard to find but every other position and this is another thought that i have about uh riley reef another position 
Left tackle is the same way. Mm -hmm. These are the most valuable positions on the field. Corner, left tackle, quarterback. But what always ends up happening is you pay somebody too much and you lock yourself into someone whose projection going forward isn't them being one of the best players in the league. And football is the first and foremost sport where you want to bail. On yep. players. Yep. This is the sport where where you should never the biggest mistake that you can make in in the National Football League, in my mind, without a doubt, is to perform for services that have been already done. Yes. Like if Rhodes, if you are the second you say to yourself, Man, that guy is great, he's probably starting to decline. Yep. So so you have to be thinking I would rather get out a year before than a, a year too late and waste cap space. Well, and this is exactly what the conversation was last year about Earl Thomas, where at one time Earl Thomas is the premier player at his position in the NFL, and he's still very good, and he could still have a great impact on somebody, but not at the price that it would cost for a guy who was elite. And the players, they don't think of themselves this way. They don't they don't think, oh, I'm going to be 31 years old, so I'm probably going to decline. <laughs> right? They think, I'm going downhill. Right. Yeah, no one's ever hey, said I'm hey, going Zim, downhill. Zim, I'm really declining. I, you should probably cut me. I remember my shock at Brian Robison saying, you know what, Daniel Hunter's better than me now, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I'm just going to play a role next year, referring to 2017. And I was like, wow, really? A, a player just admitted that the guy younger than him that's coming up is better and should have the playing time. A cornerback can't say that. Right. You cannot yeah. say, you know what, I'm... I'm really slowing down. Yeah, right, I've right, been right. Hurt. I've been banged right. up a lot recently. So I would never say that it was a bad idea to sign Xavier Rhodes because at the time right. he was a top-notch shutdown corner. But can we see him getting back to being above average? Yeah, of course you can. But I think that this tells you something else about Mike Zimmer's defense, that his two cornerbacks were not graded very well. And in terms of quarterback rating allowed, we're in the middle of the league and the Minnesota Vikings had the fourth best defense. Mm-hmm. Like, the pressure that they're able to put on quarterbacks, and I assume they still will since Daniel Hunter will be here next year, I think that it impacts opposing offenses so much and playing at U.S. Bank Stadium that you might not need someone who's that high paid at cornerback, especially since Zimmer is so good. And you don't need four or five. Develop- yeah. If you've got McKenzie, Holton Hill, Trey Waynes, and can develop one, one more guy. I think you're fine. But but you just can't afford... Mike Zimmer is going to have to do a phenomenal job coaching defense next year, right? We all agree on that for this team to be successful. So what you're going to have to say is, Zim, we've got, we can't give you everything. We can give you decent players, but you can't, have, you can't fall in love with guys and continue to ha- have them all for us to be as successful as possible, especially if we want the offense to go up a tick, which you have to get. The top 50 free agents, ESPN's Kevin Seifert has put out his list, and I've got a few eye-catchers that the Minnesota Vikings could be interested in if they ultimately end up creating cap space and don't bring back Sheldon Richardson or, or Anthony Barr. If they've got some money to spend, I've got some names they should spend it on. I want to run by you, Judd, when we come back. Purple Daily here on the all-new Score North on 1500. So North. ScoreNorth.com. All right, back here on Purple Daily. If you missed any of the show, you can check out the Score North Vikings podcast feed or ScoreNorth.com. I'm Matthew Collar and Jed Zolgad here for the next couple of minutes, and then I'll be back from 2 to 4 with Jonathan Harrison for Score North Live. And we have an exciting 
thing coming up today. We are doing the mediocre team draft. We picked all the teams that are around 500, and then we drafted five each, and now Jonathan and I are going to have teams that will battle against each other. This sounds so negative. For supremacy. You see, a, a guy like me, he likes to celebrate success. Yeah, that's true. I like to celebrate people. That's exactly Man's accomplishment what I think to of. me, there's nothing better than that. When, but that's fine. Firings. When you're brought up, that's what people <laughs> say. Know, the last week in sports in, in this town, you know, it's just a blip. It's just a small thing. Hey, but the Vikings didn't lose. I, I tweeted last night, you know the Vikings, God bless them, actively had to work to miss the playoffs. Yeah. And they did it. They did. They really did. Like, there was a time that I looked and said, they will have to work to not make the playoffs. And sure enough, they worked hard. A- after beating Miami, their odds were so high that we were talking about what they're going to have to do in the playoffs with Kevin Stefanski calling plays. Yes, I know. It was like 70%, and then it went to zero. And you got to Chicago, that, that game here against the Bears, and you're not just... You didn't just lose. You got spanked. Congratulations. So I've got the free agent list. Yes, because we're looking at 2019 now. Because that's, that's where we're at. It is uh, oh, yeah, football. Yeah. football. There you go. Football. Yeah. football. Yeah. Uh, January 17th, uh, we are looking to 2019 season, okay. which starts in September. Give me the list from Kevin Seifert. Well, I, so I, I don't need to go through the whole list because there are players that the Vikings just won't be chasing after. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think. Unless they go supremely radical, I would be very surprised. If can, they... I give you, can I give you a couple spots? Sure. Uh, running back? I'd like a, I'd like a better backup to Dalvin Cook, who's going to be used more. Um, I will give you guard, and I will give you on the defensive side of the ball, is there a defensive tackle who could replace Sheldon who would be cheaper? Okay, finally, you found one that's in this list, really. I mean, there are not many, as, as I'm sure you're not surprised, but there are not many great guards on the free agent market. Jonathan and I in the afternoon are doing our, um, free agent frenzy bonanza for offensive line and... I'm sorry, the what? Let's see, offensive line. Do you have that, Manny? I forgot what it is. Free agent the, bonanza. The offensive line free agent frenzy bonanza. Free agent frenzy bonanza. And um, <laughs> Sorry, I just had to ask. <laughs> the reason good. is because there aren't very many good ones. So we're okay. going day by day. You have to find day. a way to turn it into like some sort of yeah. acronym, too. Yeah, uh, free frenzy bonanza. I'll get on that. I'll okay, work on yeah, that. Okay, yeah, work on that, Manny. So there are... By the way, though, some good defensive tackles that could potentially replace Sheldon Richardson, depending on what they're looking for. Grady Jarrett is one of them. He is uh, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons. Very good. He's ranked 12th on this list. I also was thinking about safety that we've got it fixed, we think, with Anthony Harris. But there are some intriguing safeties, Landon Collins and Tyron Matthew. And it's always been that conversation of what if... Harrison Smith had somebody else who was a really fantastic player next to him. Not just, hey, he makes Sanejo better. Hey, he makes Harris better. Also, but what about Landon Collins? Also quickly, are are we starting to see this morph in, in a direction where in, in the modern National Football League defensive scheme, safeties appear to be replacing linebackers more? Yes, totally. So, so, I'm, talking, Absolutely. so I'm talking about Harris still plays. Harrison Smith obviously still plays. A third safety comes in and a linebacker's out. And Anthony Harris is big enough to do that sort of hybrid thing. They also have J. Ron Curse, who's big enough and, and did some of that hybrid or big nickel. Someone like Tyron Matthew can play nickel corner if you need him to. He can play deep safety if you need him to. He can play in the box. I mean, he's a really intriguing player for this. Um, as I scroll down the list, I'm just going sort of by the numbers. Landon Collins is 8 and Tyron Matthew is 13. Um, 
the center Matt Paredes of the Denver Broncos. I haven't really thought about center very much, but with Pat Elfline's last season and the fact that he was a guard in college until he was a junior and was a very, very good guard in college, I do wonder about that. That makes some sense. He really had a tough year, and if you're just trying to put in the most talent, remember Mike Zimmer will say that, I'm just trying to put the most talent up front, Yes. then centers are not as expensive as guards who are not as expensive as tackles. So when you're looking for how can you really upgrade, maybe Matt Paredes is worth looking at. I like that one. Yes, yes. And I I do think that they need El- – Elfline, I'm convinced, is going to come back and be fine. He he was hurt going into this past year. He didn't play great. That's not shocking. Uh, but I think the Vikings up front, especially interior line, are going to have to get extremely creative. So if you go center and shuffle elf line out, I think that's fine. And the guard market is just not super attractive. So if you're able to get somebody who has to play center and elf line moves to guard, that's okay. That's okay. Just get the most talent you is can. Is Easton coming back, do you think, in decent shape? Because a next Well, now slash, here's the thing. Yeah. Easton is a free agent. Okay. So he could go somewhere else if he wanted to. It's just sort of presumed that they would be the team that would value him. He's going to be highest. damaged goods, though. I don't yeah. think he's going to get a ton. I agree. Uh, number 16 on the list is Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, sorry. Um, I think he has a good chance of being the backup for the Minnesota Vikings because he played under Gary Kubiak in 2014. He was the backup for the Ravens. He will not get starting opportunities after what happened in Cleveland. Yep. But he's the exact type of backup quarterback like a Trevor Simeon who's good enough to come in for four games and win two of them. Make some nice plays here or there. He's still very quick and good with the ball. He could throw a deep ball. Get you two wins if if your quarterback is out for two games and an A-plus dude. I think that you mentioned that in the break that it came through on Hard Knocks. Yes, and that was like a great guy. That was my experience in Buffalo as well, an A-plus And dude. by the way, I want that guy... So so if the cousin's circle of trust involves the Kubiaks and Stefanski, the other person that I I think might get in that circle, the backup QB. I want to do everything I yep. can yep. in this second year of Kirk's contract and a absolutely uh, key year. I want to do everything I can to make Cousins as comfortable and, and as good as possible. Yep. So if that includes getting a good guy backup QB who can be a sounding board for Cousins, I'm absolutely fine with that idea. And Trevor Simeon was also with Gary Kubiak as well, so they might just bring back Trevor Simeon, another guy that probably isn't getting any starting opportunities out there. Uh, Tyrell Williams is one of the best wide receivers on the market. My guess is he's probably too expensive for the Vikings, yeah, I need, yeah. but the number three wide receiver is important to me. I, I think the number three wide receiver is a yeah, big deal with Jarius this team. Yeah, Wright, and he was playing for Carolina. <laughs> uh, your question about the running backs. The first running back on the list is Tevin Coleman at 23. I, I mean, I think it would be great, but he sort of screams the he's going to get overpaid. He is the exact type of receiving running back mm-hmm. that they could use. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be good with that. Devin Funches, I'm not a huge fan of his. He's another top wide receiver, bound to get overpaid. Not, I don't really want to go there. The best guard on Kevin Seifert's list is Mark Glowinski from the Indianapolis Colts, 27-year-old guy. He'll get paid. Who, I guess, my understanding is from our offensive line guy on the Purple Podcast, Brandon Thorne. Um, if, if listeners to the Purple Podcast would know Brandon's work, um, he breaks down offensive line. He said that uh, Glowinski is the type of like zone running scheme type offensive lineman they might look at. But he will get paid, and that's I was the, say, problem the problem with all of them. The problem with guards is is uh, pre-Hutchinson signing the seven-year, $49 million contract here, guards didn't get paid. 
Uh, starting with Steve, they started to get paid, and now now they really get paid. Not like tackles, but fairly close. So that's the one thing. But but if you are going to clear out some of your defensive payroll and transfer it, I'm transferring it to guard. Yeah, guard and tackle. Yep, yep. I agree. If you're going to pay either uh, Paredes or Glowinski, I always think it's a, it's risky. It is risky, but he's only 27. You're not paying a guy who's 30. That's not awful. Some for of the a, yeah. yeah, some of the other guys Alignment, are, that's are not in terrible. their 30s. I do that. Are you interested in Golden Tate? Uh, not really. I am interested in Golden Tate. Now, you know what? I can find a third, I can develop and find a receiver behind Th- Thielen and Diggs that I like and trust. He doesn't have to be great, he, but he, he can be good. But if I'm going to spend somewhere, I don't think I'm going to spend on a guy like Golden Tate. I'm really Why are you in- intrigued? interested by Golden Tate because of what he can do yards after the catch. He can allow you to do something very simple and easy and make it into something special. And I think that that's what Kirk Cousins needs is more players who can take a short pass, okay, a quick what, throw, and turn into something special. What's your guess special. on what Golden Tate's going to be paid then? Well, you know, that's an interesting I mean, question because I, the price we thought that Elshon Jeffrey would get one of those like five, six year contracts for a bazillion dollars. The Vikings what, tried to pay him. Back that's in, yeah. right. The Vikings he tried him to down give and went him. To Philly. They tried to give him a, a big contract, and he went to Philly on a one-year deal. Sometimes we get fooled by these. I mean, sometimes it seems like if it's reasonable, get yes. huge money, and then they don't. If it's reasonable, absolutely. But my point is, if I am if I am at TCO Performance Center today with, with a notepad and saying, "Here's how I'm going to divvy up guys I'm going to pay or positions," wide receiver is is not near the top of that okay, list for me. Personally. Last one. You want Robbie Gold, kicker? I just want a kicker that Zim can't talk to. <laughs> That's seriously, I'm telling Mike two things. You're not talking to Cousins and the kicker. Off limits. You're right. not talking to them all year. Okay. I don't even want to see you look at those two guys. All right. That is it for us, Matthew Collar and Judd Zolgat. If you missed any of it, check out the Purple Podcast feed or scorenorth.com. What do we got coming up next, Manny? Raised by Wolves. Basketball. Me, Danny, and, talk and, for and an hour. Robbie. I'll be back at uh, 2 o'clock. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.